Welcome to the 1000 Club Podcast, where we believe that behind every woman, there's a tribe chanting, yes! We call our tribe the 1000 Club, and every other Thursday, we invite you into our VIP section to chat, console, shoot the breeze, or inform. Find us everywhere, including Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook, and remember to follow us on all socials at 1000 Club. Hey, right. I watch. I don't gotta watch the time here because we just just watch it on your phone or whatever. We're just gonna watch for twelve o'clock on the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You could go to like twelve fifty. He man, because twelve o'clock is only sixteen minutes. Yeah, I, I, I can. You have about twenty-five minutes, so that's what I I'm saying. Do, I could do at least until eleven fifteen. I have to be somewhere at twelve, but I think I can leave at probably like twelve forty-five and still get there. Mm-hmm. So you want to go to 11, 15, 12, yeah. okay. No, I was saying go to 11, but that's more, it's only 11. I mean, go to 12, it's only 11, 37. No, but Christy said 12, 15. So if we go over mm-hmm. a little bit, that's what, yeah, that's what you said. We have it, but I'm just saying, tell yourself 11. So that okay. way we go to like 11 or five, you know. Okay. Um. All right. So uh, we're going to start at uh, one. I'll put the um, time in there. Just go ahead. Okay. Um. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of the 1000 Club. We are here recapping the show Harlem on Amazon Prime. And if you have been following us, which you should have been, we are getting ready to recap episode four entitled Winter Solace. So um, I looked up what Winter Solace meant before this episode, and it's actually the beginning of winter and it's the shortest day of the year. So in this episode, we continue to see Camille strive for the um the the support or the um affirming of Dr. Pruitt which is also played by Whoopi Goldberg and she is hit when Whoopi Goldberg tells her that all you're doing is social media you don't really get out into the field you're not really with the people and we see Camille get ready to hold a rally about a local shop that is closing down um and she talks about the importance of bringing the people together um, to hold the community accountable. And guess who becomes the chef at the restaurant that Camille is actually protesting to not close, to not open? Who else but Ian? So we see that in this episode. We also see that um, Ty, as she gets ready for her Forbes interview, she has a hair crisis <laughs> and is struggling to figure out what to do with her hair and how she's going to look in her photo shoot. Um, And then we also see Angie, who is coming off of understanding and realizing she needs to do Get Out the Musical because she has to get out her friend's house and she needs some money. But she also realizes to do this musical, she needs the $600. So we see her tell a little white lie to get a job as a nanny with one of the customers from Quinn's shop. A little white lie. (laughs) Which also her accent was horrible. (laughs) But I was also trying to figure out, is her, like, was Jasmine's guys um, you know, her accent really oh, good. Yeah. Was like both of them were kind of like, eh. but anyway. Um, and then finally in this episode, the girls go out to um, their friend, um, Camille's friend who broke up with the guy she was supposed to get married. They have a show where they go and have a bachelorette party with a whole bunch of strippers. 
And Quinn actually connects with one of the strippers who is there, who's also played by Cousin Skeeter, which I can't remember his name, but I know him by Cousin Skeeter. <laughs> <laughs> We're Weren't they like Megan Good was like, oh, I went to high school with him or something? I, like? Yes. High uh-huh. school. Yeah, annoying. Yeah. Uh-huh. Annoying Cousin Skeeter. Yeah, it was so cute. Um, so, um, one of the things I wanted to ask you ladies is as we see, um, you know, Quinn connect with this male stripper and she's starting to notice that they have a lot in common, but he doesn't look like what she thought her package would look like. So whether it's professional, um, for Roshana, who is also single looking for a relationship or just life, your path in general, what would you be open to connecting with someone who doesn't have the package that you think it's supposed to look like, whether it's the job, the physical, the financial? Um, how do you guys feel about that? I would, depending on how the package was wrapped. Like, if for, <laughs> for me, like, if it was a job or opportunity, if it would provide me, like, what I needed, um, as far as like being able to obtain the necessary provisions of life, I would go after it if it didn't look like what I envisioned for myself. Yeah, I think I'm I'm open to it not looking like what's wrapped. Once again, though, I think in this episode with Quinn and Sean, um, Sean, yes, um. It was, once again, a nickel looking for a dime. I actually think that they're more equally yoked because Quinn, while mm-hmm. she has a nice apartment, she ain't paying for it. She living off of mm-hmm. mommy and daddy the same way he living off of grandma. So, right. like, I actually think that they're more equally yoked. Um, but because Quinn's family is able to afford her this lifestyle, she thinks and she's also entitled to something that she's not. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, once again, I think sometimes you really have to take a real strong self-evaluation of mm. where you're at in life and see if you bring all of these things to the table that you're acquiring of somebody else. And if you don't, then it's a humbling experience. It also allows you to meet people who are on the same path as you and if you ought to grow together. Mm-hmm. Also, the other thing that came up in this episode that I forgot with Ty is we actually see her start to date Anna. Um kind of exclusively in this episode. And I know we talked previously in the earlier episode about just the conversation she had and, you know, the perception and what she was looking for. How do you guys feel about now seeing Ty date Anna? Um, and I think this might be the episode where there's a struggle in terms of- Oh, no. going into my episode. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Bye-bye>. <laughs> so we see Ty date Anna. How do you guys feel about Ty dating Anna? <laughs> Definitely my episode. Wait, that's that's not episode four. You see that she they have the interview and she asks her out on like the date and she comes to the um the photo shoot with the hair, but they have not actually gone out on a date, I believe, until episode four. Or episode five, I mean. But they might go out. It's fine. Okay. We can still talk about it. we're gonna talk about it again. Okay. Well anyway. <laughs> Um, okay, so we see that happen a little bit in this episode. And then, like I said, we see Camille do this whole back and forth with Dr. Pruitt. And then she gets to start to speak on a panel. And this is where we are introduced to Mr. Jamison, who we see that while they have a heated exchange on the panel, there is some sparks that fly and they start to connect. And um, there might be a little love in the air. 
So um, as we see Camille and Jameson start to have this exchange and dialogue, um, do you guys feel like Camille is ready to start to open up to a new relationship? Because we see that this is kind of sparking a little bit in this episode. What do you guys think so far? I don't think so, because her past is still not resolved. I feel like this is keeping her mind busy, but right. it's not, she's not ready. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that would be good, but it's poor timing. Mm. Um, I would like to say that we need to start talking about Jameson as the scrumptious Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> the fine Tyler Lefley. Um, because <laughs> I love Jameson, like, but that's also a personal thing. Like, he's just so intellectual. I love that he challenged her on that panel while also acknowledging that it's okay for her to be passionate. You know, like, when she tried to apologize for being intense, he's like, there's, there's no apology for passion. The fact that they both like to kick it at the Red Lobster, you know, like, he's passionate clearly about the community as someone who came from public school but now is advocating for um, charter schools. Like, he was a good intellectual match for her. And mm -hmm. he's fine. You know, mm -hmm. and I like how he did that. He was like, you know, I'll follow you on social media, you know, for, you know, just mm -hmm. for that or or wine sometimes. You know, like, I just like how he left it. Like, ah, ah. Yeah, I do, I do like him. I go, <laughs> Actually, Rashana, I could see you with somebody like that. Like, that, I feel like he would be a really good match for you. That is my, that is my person. Like my dad said, my dad always says, mm -hmm. I need a man that can I can verbally spar with. Mm -hmm. um, that's something that he always says. So, yeah, I'm like, bring on Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, we also see Camille and Ian go at it as he is now the chef of this restaurant that she is protesting to, to open. Um, so did you ladies feel like Ian had a point with how uh, Camille, I was about to call her Megan, <laughs> with how Camille should have been looking at what this restaurant was going to either do for him or potentially the community? Um, I also feel like Ian kind of made her made her feel guilty. Like, this is for me. So why are you protesting me? Um, in reality, you know, Megan, J Camille <laughs> just came there to protest the restaurant overall. Um, and she did make a point, like, you're nowhere on the flyer. Like there's no picture of you at all. There's all of these people that look like no one in the community. Um, so what did you ladies think about that piece? Do you think that the the handsome Tyler Lefley, <laughs> fine, as Chrissy says, had a point yeah, um, in his titles. <laughs> I'm not Jameson, okay. <laughs> <laughs> did you think that um he had a point? I mean, Camille did not know when she first started protesting it that he was the head chef. And I feel like she has every right to protest. Like, even though that's her ex, even though they have history, I don't think that should stop her protesting the gentrification of her neighborhood. I think, I mean, I think it, was, it would be different if he was the owner but he's just the head chef. He can go and head chef somewhere else. So I think um, I think he also needs to understand like her viewpoint. Like he left. I mean, even though he came back, but she stayed there. Like that's her neighborhood, and she's passionate about the neighborhood. And when you think about Harlem, you know, it was once raised. I don't recall whether it was like a jazz club or whatever. But when you think about Harlem, you think about jazz. You think about like 
arts, you think about like the history of um, the, Renaissance. the Renaissance and you think mm -hmm. about like just black culture. So for, I feel like he's not even looking at it from that aspect and he shouldn't be trying to like make Camille feel bad about protesting. It's not protesting him, it's the restaurant. And the owner is just this white guy who don't even care about the restaurant. So it's like, Ian, I'm going to need for you to do better. Won't you head chef at a Black-owned restaurant? So I'm going to have to play devil's advocate because for all purposes, Camille didn't even know what she was protesting, right? Like, <laughs> even though, like, even though she was, even though she's been in Harlem, as she admits in a later episode, nobody was going to Roy's or Roberts or whatever, Charles, whatever the Ray's. Whatever, no one was going there. And so I think that that's also um, was a blind spot and actually affirms and confirms exactly what Dr. Pruitt was trying to say to her. Like, mm -hmm. you're not out here in these streets. Because had she maybe been out there in those streets, the restaurant that is now being torn down might have still been able to be there. Someone could have given the support mm -hmm. to the restaurant to earn more than a C rating to where they didn't have to shut down. But now that this has happened, y'all weren't even patronizing the place. Now y'all want to protest. And that's just like black people and gentrification. Like how many times when we, we know when we see that first white person running, it's too late. You know what I mean? Like we don't need the Starbucks and the Whole Foods. Okay. The first time I see a white person walking a dog, I already know, oh, we done, we done lost out. You know? So you already see those signs, but we like to wait until the last minute to actually organize ourselves to get there. And if she was really about that life, Dr. Camille, all the research she'd been doing, she would have researched that restaurant and would have found out that Ian was the head chef. And that while, yes, we are losing Ray's, we are actually giving an opportunity to someone who is from Harlem, who left and could have stayed gone, but came back an opportunity to really contribute to this community. And here is his plan. You know, his plan is that, listen, I can't do nothing about, oh boy, that y'all weren't even supporting, but- I can do something about, you know, making sure that my my food is highlighted here. And if you all support this, then you all are supporting this opportunity for me to be able to get that Michelin star, to be able to open up my own restaurant, to maybe even buy this place. These are the steps that it comes. Like restaurant, most restaurants, I believe it's a high, high percentage fail within the first year. You know, so it's not easy for restaurants to open, not to mention being a black restaurant owner, you know, in a neighborhood where you are going to be pricing people out because that's supposed to be a fancy restaurant. You know, it's not going to be the ribs or whatever it is at Ray's or whatever the man's name is. I'm sorry. Um, so I do think that um, he did take it personally because it was her. But I think he had the right to call her out because she don't even know you haven't even been there and you live there. And you just out here talking crazy without no type of plan. What are you planning to do? Do you know what I mean? Like you got to really kind of dig deep and um, think about think about the big picture. Look at the research. You're not going to bring Ray's back. But with this with this owner, you can maybe work on the marketing team. You know, that could have been something had you been involved. For real, for real, you could have been helping to do. So that was. That the first time I watched it, I did not take that. Let me mm. just. But when I watched it again yesterday, I was like, you know, Camille out here just talking, trying to trying to impress Dr. Pruitt. She don't really know what's going on in Harlem. That's true. 
Because <laughs> yeah, as Dr. Pruitt said, she'd be on social media. <laughs> right. The man who introduced her, David, Miss Dr. Come, come on now. That ain't somebody you kick it with. Like, you really don't know. You just out here taking tweets, taking posts and clickbait or whatever from black reputable magazines and journalists. And then you just retweet it. And that all of a sudden makes you a, a social influencer, a social media activist. Like, Come on, sis. And I think Dr. Pruitt saw right through that. Mm-hmm. She ain't about that life like she says she is. But at least not in that way. Not in that way. Um, but that is something that he could have fought. I don't know. I, I say he could have fought harder from, to your point, about the um, marketing materials. You know, they could have, he could have been out there too saying, guys, I'm home. I'm about to head chef at this new restaurant. I know we're mad at whatever, you know, whatever happened. Um, because yeah, he wasn't there. He was in Paris when that happened. But who was there? Camille was there. Oh, bloop, that's bloop. Right. So. Bloop, bloop. <laughs> bloop, bloop. so one of the the other things that came up in this episode, like I said, is Angie tells a lie to get the nanny job, and actually, the person she gets the job from is one of Quinn's. Client. So at first, Quinn was a little uncomfortable with her doing that, mostly because she was lying about being from Jamaica. Um, <laughs> but also- Quinn is part Jamaican, right? Yes, she is part Jamaican in the show and Kim and Kimanian. Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't. Yeah, know she, she says that. that. Yeah, she says she's half Jamaican and half Kimanian. Mm-hmm. Um, and in real life, Grace Byers is from um, the Cayman Islands. Oh, okay. Oh, mm-hmm. Look at that. You mm-hmm. get a little educational <laughs> lesson. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I was happy they brought that in. They were able to bring that into her because her accent, her American accent is not her actual way of speaking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, so with that, how would you ladies feel if you had a friend like Angie who did that to someone who was your client to get a job to pay for some money so she essentially fabricated a story <laughs> from Jamaica? To make some money, would you ladies feel uncomfortable about that? Would you be okay with it? Like, sis, get that money? Or I will preface that the lady who was the client really ain't buying nothing from Quinn's store. So <laughs> there was that. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Was that a returning client though? <laughs> well, she used she would come into the store and try on clothes and then never really buy anything. Mm-hmm. So, okay. I felt like this was a little bit of like I said, some something about Angie and Quinn's relationship. Reminded me of that um, second to last season with Molly and Issa from Insecure mm-hmm. when, you know, um, Issa circumvented Molly to get to Andrew to mm-hmm. ask for the, um, the, the concert. Mm-hmm. And we had that. I don't know if we had this conversation on the podcast, but we definitely had it together as friends. Like, was Molly basically hating on Issa's success and her ability to do that? And I think that's the same question that happens here. Mm-hmm. Um I think that um, Angie can be extremely unprofessional at times. We've seen that when she comes in the house and she's all talking, the person's on a call, Quinn's on a call. Um, However, in this situation, it wasn't harmful because the lady isn't buying anything. You know, like, so she's like, is she really a customer? She has something, you know? So like, and it also helped her because now the woman may come back without the girl. It helps Quinn because she about to get the $600 advance, 
you know, which will then help her be able to pay Quinn and help support that. Um, or at least get out on her own, you know? So I think there was um, ultimately no harm, no foul, but I think it was one of those things that just like worked out. Mm -hmm. And luckily it did work out. Mm -hmm. Um, But if it didn't, I still don't think that's right, you know? But it was one of those things where it did work out, but it was, it was icky to watch. (laughs) Yeah. Knowing Angie, like I feel like if Angie was my friend, it would it would be something that I would like expect her to do. So whether it was right or not, I don't know. I probably would feel some type of way, but I'm like, she is gonna get money. I don't really have money right now, so go get that money, girl. And then like the lady's not really a customer, so like she don't ever buy nothing. Who knows if she's ever going to buy anything so I don't think I would feel bad about it I think I would just be like this is something Angie would do like this typical Angie you know yes yes so it's interesting this episode we get a lot of things that pop up like I said we're introduced to Jameson we start to see Sean the stripper come into Quinn's life um Ty while Ty has a hair crisis we see Anna again so you are definitely going to see her again throughout the rest of the next couple episodes and hopefully we get to see Angie kind of get this job um get the $600 so we can see her in that musical but stay tuned for Wait, the next two things yeah so number one shout out to all the struggling actors and actresses y'all know mm-hmm. I have a younger cousin um, who is an actor in New York and getting those credits to be a part of that screen, screen Actors Guild Union or whatever is like a big thing. It means that they have benefits that they don't have because other than that, they are paying out of pocket. Um, so shout out to them. Also shout out to Sierra McMillan, who's my line sister's younger sister, who's like my little sister. Hey, Mano. I'm really happy for you. She's starring in um, her first role. Um, which I posted on my page, but I'll post it on the 1000 Club. So, yeah, I just really wanted to uh, shout out that life and that struggle because it is very difficult. And then the last thing I did want to ask y'all about about this episode is why do black hairstylists do uh, our girl Ty like that? I really thought when she went to that salon (laughs) that they were really going to, like, do her right. You know, but they really didn't do her. I I was like, I was trying to figure out how the how the how the treat became how the treatment became a color, like how that happened. Yeah, I just I was really I was really disappointed. I'm not sure what they were trying to say with that. I also know, and I don't know if you have read any of the um, articles that have come out about Harlem, but there was some controversy in this episode about how they depicted the barbershop. And there were black men who were um, saying that that is not even really how it goes down in the barbershop, um, that that's that's like a stereotype that maybe has happened in the past, um, but definitely is not something today. And so, um, you know, people were saying that they might have went too far to, sh- you know, for that. I don't know. I think the point is. It happened. It does happen. Um, Whether the episode went too far, I mean, I think art portrays reality. It portrays life. So it does, like, it it did happen. Like, I could very well see 
something like that actually happening in a barbershop, maybe not in 2022, but definitely like within the recent past, you know? And so, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think it, it, it was that big of a deal, but I'm also not a man. And I also haven't really spent a lot of time in a barbershop. So. Yeah. yeah. The article, I think it was in the griot that I read. It was just talking about how it's like in order to show another group's um, struggle, do you have to like kind of, I guess, put down another marginalized group? Um, but mm -hmm. I agree with you, Christy. I, I agree that it, it does happen. It did happen. I also understand, though, when you're trying mm -hmm. to evolve a culture, similar to um, Amanda Seals, Amanda Seals, I think, playing um, the AKA and mm -hmm. um, on Insecure. You know, it's like, yes, yeah, stereotypically, she does look like an AKA. Her life is like the stereotypical AKA. But I know the AKA has really tried to, like, evolve their um, mm -hmm. presence and what people think of them as, which is more than just the pretty face, light skin, housewife, trophy wife, um, which is really what Amanda plays to be more of, you know, yes, we are that, but we're also movers and shakers in the world. You know, we also have brains and minds. So I can understand too, if the black man barbershop, especially after seeing colored men. Or colored, yeah, I was going to say that that came um, up there too. Colored, which is uh, on Broadway, first time all black cast funded, directing everything. Um, you know, they really are trying to grow and evolve that space. So I can understand too how sometimes it feels like y'all are just going to keep portraying us like this and we're trying to evolve. But that happens. And that's that's mm -hmm. just the reality of the situation. But yeah, I was really upset at the black girl um, hairstyle. So I thought it was going to be like she was going to experience some black girl magic. Mm -hmm. her hair. And her hair looked crazy. I love her with the short hair, though, most. I mean, it's just like you see her face. It's just. Yeah. Can I just tell y'all, I looked her up and she's like 25. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> yeah. I find that sometimes I look up these people when I see that they're either younger than me or the same age. Like Ronald Roy, she's 33. Mm. I'm 32. I do start to kind of, I'm like. What, 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 what have I been doing with my life? You know, like, like what, you know, um, I do. But then I look, you look at like a Viola Davis or, sure. you know, some other actresses that got their start or they. Or Ava DuVernay, like, you know, yeah. late. Um, Oprah, I think, didn't start until 33 yep. in her career. So it's like, yeah, you're right. What about, I don't know, Shonda Rhimes, did she get started or she. Kind of got more well known later. Yeah, late. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. And Shonda Rhimes also another person who was living in her car. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. So like. Mm hmm. Well, thank you for bringing in that salon episode. I mean, that salon scene, so we can talk about that. I definitely yeah. missed that. Um, but any last minute thoughts on the episodes, ladies? Before we cheers and ring in episode five. What do y'all, I'm sorry, this one more thing. What do y'all think about her cutting her hair so low and needing some of that affirmation from Anna as we talk about the beginning? She did, she did give her budding, support on her hair. Like, right. a, like a budding romance, right? And, mm -hmm. You know what's funny? I, when. Black women I, just cutting our hair in general. Mm -hmm. As someone who cut her hair was man. I think it's interesting. I, I don't know why I thought her hair was always that low. So when she cut it that low, I was like, oh, 
I don't I don't think I ever noticed that it wasn't as low as it was until that scene. Mm-hmm. Until that scene. Um, but I think it's also an interesting play on needing the affirmations or the, you know, the stamp of approval from, you know, somebody, the, the society, white society, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to tell her that she was beautiful. But I also think what you also see in here is, like you said, the budding romance is like, she actually really has feelings for Anna. So I think that that was something mm-hmm. that, you know, was good for her because she actually really liked her. So when, you know, when you like someone and they tell you like, oh, this looks good on you, you know, it makes you feel good. Yeah, yeah. I liked it. Go ahead, Chrissy. No, I was just going to say, same. I think, um, I think, you know, it was nice to see Anna, even though she is this white woman who was kind of affirming this black woman about her hair. Um, So I think there's that whole like white beauty standards, but I think it also, I think sometimes it's different when you get like affirmed by like a romantic partner or romantic interest versus like your friends. And I don't really remember what her friends said or if they were even, because she had a wig, right? So Angie Lundner told it to them, remember she had like the, it was all over the place. We didn't show them it fully low. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think it's a difference when you get the affirmation from like your boo versus like even if her friends would have said it, I don't know if it would have meant the same. So it and it is nice to see like that budding romance between them, the two of them, and just like the feelings that they're developing for each other. Yeah, I think well, number one, we know we could have a whole entire episode on black women and hair um, mm-hmm. because. Hair is so important to Black women. And I think when you do cut your hair low like that, um, it is a statement, you know, um, oftentimes because hair is such a big part of the beauty standards um, in America and really worldwide. So um, it is a statement that you're making that, you know, you don't care about the beauty standards because we know that the ideal ver- or the mainstream version of beauty is not bald or short hair. Um, so I just was really proud of her for doing that. I think as I, I looked really good. And like you said, Christy, I think it was really nice to have someone that she was kind of feeling, mm-hmm. you know, tell her like, and you know, you look really good. And 